Welcome to the Opera Biz Podcast, uncut and unfiltered, where we hang out with opera professionals and talk about life inside the industry. I'm your host, Daniel Welch. So welcome to the Opera Biz Podcast. Thank you very much. Um, you're in my series of Marnie cast members, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> After having Chris on and uh, and now you, one of the... What, what, what's the term they're using for you shadow, guys? Shadow Marnies, or actually we call ourselves the Marnettes. I like that. Yeah. I like the Marnettes. Yeah. yeah. And you're usually seen in blue, right? Yep. The blue. I'm the blue. I love those costumes, by the way. I know. I was so... I must say I was really disappointed I wasn't the orange, because that's like... That orange does pop. Yes. It's pretty fantastic. No, also, it's just, it's my favorite. Oh, I see. There's orange here. Oh, yeah. This is exactly the, the, the color of my wall in my living room. It just... Oh, so you really like orange. Yeah, I do. I, there's, like, it just makes you happy. It just... Yeah. It there's, a, like, I mean, I, I use... a jovial color. Yeah. It's really, like, I don't know. It's sunny and warm and cozy, and we need that in Iceland. <laughs> Are you saying that Iceland is not a cozy place? <laughs> oh, it's very cozy. It's just not very sunny. That's all. <laughs> so let's talk about the music of Marnie a little bit, because that's it's pretty different from a lot of what else is out there right now. Yeah. I mean, um, what's your take on the? What was your take on the learning process well, for this? Well, uh, the learning process was actually in. My, I mean, in my part, it it's it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. We're we're uh, um, we're doing like we're more like a, a sound effect yeah. than than actual singing. You know, we're we're doing straight toned and it's and then we're mumbling. You mm-hmm. know, words and and so it was actually really. Uh, I feel like more like an like an actual instrument than uh, a singer on uh, uh, an operatic stage. And it it's cool. It's really fun and it's very theatrical. It's very um, and very actually in in the uh, di- directness of this being originally a, a movie mm-hmm. so it's it's like a sound effect is perfect yeah and, and I think it's I, well, think I was gonna it's say great. his score is very cinematic yeah I mean very very cinematic and he seems to treat not just your vocal lines but everybody's vocal lines very much like a musical instrument yeah I know Chris and I talked about this a little bit but um it can make it difficult to learn when you're used to learning very lyrical things. Right. Or you, you said you're working on um, Violetta. Yeah. I mean, learning, going from Verdi to, yeah, to, to this, this is, is it's, night and day. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, still, this is very sort of... Um, it's, it's actually quite remarkable how the singer's brain works. You look at the score, you go, okay, so you count, you have this note, you count this many beats, and then you move on to the next uh, pitch, and you count this many beats, beats, and okay, that's it. Sounds very simple. Then you get on stage, and you're standing, and you're a singer, and you're trying to count. And that doesn't always go together. No, no, so, it does not. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's, yeah, that was very interesting, and how how all of a sudden challenging this was like to to sing and count we're not we usually just you usually sort of feel the music and right. you just you don't you don't count i mean pa- past the learning process yeah 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 you count when you learn gets wedged in your brain yeah. and then you kind of check yeah. out and do your 
but to your character. but because this is such a it's such an ensemble it was hard to prepare on your own you really had to just meet everybody and see what you're doing on stage now i don't so much um, yeah i i do count but not not to the extremities that once originally learning it it's it's getting more uh, organic mm -hmm. and you know more flowing obviously this is a we're already showing the show, so I mean, right. th <laughs> that should be normal, and it is. <laughs> but, um, but still, it's, it's interesting to see how, how different it is, that you've got something that looks so simple, and it's actually quite complicated once you're trying to do it with everybody else in the contest, con context. There Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've always had a hard time learning modern music, because I tend to, I tend to learn, I mean, I, I started out as a pianist, so mm. reading music and reading harmonic structures was never an issue. Yeah. But when it comes to singing, I find it easier to get out of get out of my head and get out of thinking if I can feel the music a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I always found modern scores to be much more challenging when they're like this. Yeah. Um, that said, I've seen Marnie twice, um, so I caught the final dress and then partway through the run last a week and a half ago. Um, and it doesn't have that effect when I'm listening to it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I, why I particularly like the show is it all fits together really well. When, when a vocal line seems really disjointed and away from the orchestral score or works a lot outside of the harmonic function of the line <clears throat> or anything like that, I have a harder time listening to a production yeah, yeah. or watching it. But this score doesn't work that way. Everything works so tightly yeah, yeah. and so in tandem consistently throughout the whole thing. Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of standalone yeah, quote unquote that's, arias. That's what I was going to say too. It's very sort of floating through. Like mm -hmm. the whole thing seems like, like a movie. Yeah. It's just, you know, and the music is the same way. It just like f moves along. There's no like, okay, this chunk or this chunk. Right. It progresses consistently through and it helps move the action along the way a sound score should, mm -hmm. but it, it helps that whole, it's a, it's a very unique stage experience. Yeah. Um, and I'll catch the final day and <laughs> we'll see what the evolution of the show was like. But you had, you've had five shows, it's seven shows total, right? Yep. So yep. you've done five, you've got one tomorrow night mm -hmm. and then Saturday. Yeah. And then, and then home. And then home. Yeah. So let's go all the way back. <clears throat> how did you get here? How did you, how did you get into opera to begin with? Um, it's it's just it's so niche. I have to ask every singer this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually, I I tried for the longest time to listen to my father, who was a trumpet player. He said, "Disela, whatever you do, do not become a musician." <laughs> and I tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, you know, my mom, an actress; my father, a musician. I'm an opera singer. I conjoined the two, uh, and there was no escaping it. I I, uh, I finished college with a psychology degree, and um, I I took a year off, thinking, okay, I'm gonna be sure about what I'm gonna learn in university. Just to you know, I I don't wanna just pick something and go study and then not use it. So mm -hmm. I took a year off, just working, trying to earn some money, and and then I wanted to. I was thinking about like um, philosophy or something. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, being Pisces, typical Pisces, I was sort of stuck in a place 
and just moving along with the stream. And all of a sudden I picked up a phone and uh, called the singing school and got an audition. <laughs> the thing is, I, I started playing trumpet when I was eight uh, and, and I loved the trumpet. And then I started p playing the piano as well. And I actually, at one point, wanted to become a, uh, a pianist, mm -hmm. concert pianist. But uh, my back started, I mean, being a pianist is hard for your body. It's like sitting at the piano, it's, uh, it's like, you know, uh, I can't remember which coach at the Met said, it's really a young person's job to yeah. sit, sit at the piano. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Uh, and so me as a young person, I started actually feeling something in my back. And, uh, you know, doctor was like, you cannot play the piano for two weeks, <laughs> 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 which was horrible. But, um, yeah, so I, I started, <laughs> I tried to quit. <laughs> <laughs> tried to quit music. I tried, tried to quit. Uh, but then, yeah, that, that day I, I called it singing school because my, I was accompanist for my dad's choir. And my dad used to sometimes ask me to support the sopranos during like a cappella stuff, and and he was like, oh, he's like, you have a you have, you're a great you have a great voice. You should you should really learn how to sing. So he was really contradicting himself. And you <laughs> don't know, be a I musician. Like, also, go learn how to sing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I did, and I was really enjoying it. And I was like, I'm not gonna go into opera. I don't really like opera. Being you know, I love music all my life, and but I was really into instrumental. I was really into orchestral works and, mm -hmm. and uh, solo concert, uh, concertos, but never opera. It wasn't until I heard um, Renee Fleming singing on a 60 Minutes episode. I was like 21 or something. Yeah. And I heard her singing and I was like, huh, well, this is, is that opera singing? Like I thought it was, oh, you know, it was really that obnoxious about it yeah. you know which is which is the approach of many people absolutely like, um, and so I started enjoying this form and as my dad passed away I was really stubborn I was like okay I'm gonna do it I'll do it for my dad I do it I and I really got into it because he believed in me I I did not get into it because I believed in me it was really him so Eventually, I got into a school here in America, uh, Westminster Choir College. Okay. And uh, when were you there? Uh, 2003 till 2005. Who did you study with? Laura Brooks Rice. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, I used to be really close with the Sweet family. Oh, okay. So I used to know I, when I would come down from upstate to visit New York City, I would usually stay at Sharon Sweet's house because I was really good friends with her daughter. Oh, and so, yeah, Sarah? Uh, Sarah, yeah. Oh, I know her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. The world is this big. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we, we would usually get together uh, several, um, several of us from undergrad while we were in music school in undergrad and then drive down, stay in Princeton, and then come and see a show at the Met. And oh it was kind of like a gang of us would you do know, this. You so. know, we might have met at some point or it's another. It's totally feasible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also used to go oh see some of uh, Westminster's shows. Like when they would put on productions, if I was around, I would also try oh, and go wow. see those. So I've actually spent a decent amount of time on that campus. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, there I was. There you go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I did this uh, monk audition thing. And uh, yeah, and then I got a job at the Met. 
and I've been here since 2011. What was your first show at the Met? Well, actually, I did uh, one cover in 2008. That was uh, Satya Graha, mm-hmm. the role of Miss Schlesen. And then um, I went and had a baby. <laughs> and <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they asked me to come again uh, in 2011. And I've been there every year since. 2011 was your official debut? No, 2012. No, actually, wait. 2011. No, 2011, 12 season. 2012, 13 season was okay. my my debut season. What was what was that role? That was Francesca da Rimini opera uh, by Zandonai. Okay. And uh, the role of Garcenda. Yes. So you've been you've been kicking around New York for yeah, a while. Yeah. How much performing in Europe are you doing on a regular basis? Actually, pretty much none. Mm. I I did uh, Lulu in Rome in 2017. That Great was my, show. That, yeah. Great show. It is, I love, I absolutely love that opera. And I mean, that's another story. Uh, I, I got, the Met contacted me and they were like, okay, can you cover Lulu in the opera Lulu? I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> whatever you ask me to. And yeah. I mean, it was Lenore Rosenberg. I was like, whatever you ask me to, I know I can do it. So. I said yes, and then I looked at the score, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little daunting. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so I was eight mo- or nine months pregnant, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have this baby first. I'll just, like, put the music on and get used to it and, like, get to know it a little bit. And then once the baby's here, I'll start learning it. <laughs> and then a month later, I had been listening, like, on and off. Well, I mean, in all fairness... I was not. I was nine months pregnant, and I was sleeping a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, sleeping a lot as lo- as well as not sleeping a lot. Like it's the n- it's in the nighttime that you don't sleep. It's in the daytime where you just like. Argh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Normal life doesn't apply. No. Nine yeah. months pregnant. And also nine months pregnant. They say like every every month is like thirty approximately thirty days, right? But the last month of pregnancy is thirteen hundred forty seven days. So. <laughs> <laughs> And it's absolutely true. So listening, listening to Lulu for 1,347 days felt like forever. And I was like, you know what? I can't sing a single phrase from that opera. And I've been listening for all that time. So I got terrified. And I, you know, and then I started learning it. And as soon as I sold my soul to the devil, I learned it. And, <laughs> and um, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And but no, it, but at, you know, it was after you learn it, uh, it there's no turning back. Yeah. I simply love this opera. Yeah. It is so beautiful. And with all this, uh, all this, it sounds so strange when you first hear it, but once you learn it and you get used to it, you hear that it's absolutely it's so beautiful and the lines are so gorgeous and they're, they're really like puccini sometimes it's 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 glorious so yeah i did that in 2000 well uh, first i i covered it at the met in 2015 and then i sang it in 2017 in rome and that was my european debut okay so so you've been doing more in the states than anywhere else yeah I've, well i've been basically here yeah the whole time yeah nothing wrong with that we're happy to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Plus, I'm, you know, making all these babies and just, you know, trying to... trying did, to. Did the kid come out singing <laughs> Lulu? That's the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
No, I actually I, I should show you a picture. I had the, I put up put on his um I put on these how do you say like headphones? The big headphones, yeah. 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 While I was practicing and you know, try to try to save him. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> did he, how did he react while you were pregnant with with practicing? Did did he <clears throat> get super active? Because I, well, I have some friends that have practiced a lot while they were pregnant. Yeah. And the kids seemed really involved. <laughs> like no, would get, actually, would I didn't. Get very I didn't active. No, I didn't. I didn't feel that much difference. Like with I actually, if anything, I would say they were calmer nice. while I was practicing. Um, and and that. Uh, the real thing, w- the difference that I see is when my my kids' friends come over. They like, you know, I'm practicing, mom's practicing, whatever. Nobody, you know, blinks an eye. It's just like a regular thing. But the friends come over and they're like, <laughs> like, what is that? At the same time, they're my biggest fans. Yeah. I love it. And they're just like, oh, my God, your mom is like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's so different when you hear an operatic voice in person versus a recording. Well, yeah. First off, we talked about the, your initial preconceived ideas as to what opera were, was mm-hmm. yeah. was really skewed, Yeah. which is very much the case in, I would say, most modern culture in general. Yeah. We have an idea of like, oh, this is opera, or, but until we go see it, we don't really know. Yeah. But to hear an operatic voice live is already a big deal, but to hear it in a, a setting like a home yeah and to hear a professional singer sing at that level at home is jarring in the best ways yes i i remember my little niece because uh, at one time we were at home and she was like i don't remember six years old or something and they were like oh these like can you sing for us so i sang a little bit of rachmaninoff and so <clears throat> it was quite loud you know because he he, la- he he has these wonderful high big you know wonderful notes and so well he had that idea i hope i did the same thing but (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so i was singing and my niece her hearing me for the first time she had this like shock face and and she was like why is she allowed to scream i can never scream there was like shushing me and (laughs) and then they were applauding her what's going on here i remember the first time that i heard Sharon Sweet sing in person <laughs> was in her living room. Oh my God, that must have been. Because we were hanging out and she had a student in the house for a, a lesson, like for a grad lesson. And I was like, do you mind if I, because I was, I was relatively new to singing at this yeah, point. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I had sung for years, but I was new to being a singer. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference between, oh, I sing and yeah. being a singer. Yeah. At this point in time, I had just recently be- truly become a singer okay and so i said i'd love to sit in on one of your lessons and just kind of like be a fly on the wall and she's like yeah no problem and she's not only has a phenomenal voice but a hella proficient piano and so she sat down and like i didn't know this woman could throw down on piano at this level it's pretty impressive and then she said well no no no," to her student she said no no why don't you try it this way and i can't remember what they were singing Mm. but i remember my reaction to it and then she just while sitting at the piano just opened her mouth and threw down and i was like (laughs) holy shit what is that? That's what that's supposed <laughs> yeah. to sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my idea, my concept of opera had been uh, mostly academic. Yeah. And so, you know, I heard my friends sing and some of them were better than others and some of them really weren't great. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I went to I went to a school that um, it didn't necessarily have, a, it had a music program, but it wasn't a conservatory. So there were, it was a pretty broad 
swath of talent. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you also when you're in school, you kind of have this concept of this is what the business is like. But you're in academia, so you're kind of in a bubble. Yeah. You don't actually realize. Yeah. yeah. And hearing her sing live in her living room was a wake up call. Yeah. Saying, oh, this is the professional tier that we want to aim for. Yeah. This yeah. is this is what we're gunning for is this kind of voice right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I tell my clients on a regular basis, the younger ones, particularly the young young um, artists, go to the opera as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, exactly. Also because when you're in school and, and you hear an operatic voice in a small space, you think that, oh, you need to be loud. If you're loud, you're a good singer. Yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not what it is. It, the, it's the quality. It's the uh, it's the projection per, uh, how do you say projection, projection. of your voice yeah. and the the like the the zooming of the voice mm-hmm. really and it's not it's not about volume it, it's not, it's absolutely not and and so when you when you go to the opera you hear you hear different sizes of, of voice yeah. but but they all have quality yeah and that's that's what you're looking for you're not looking for I hate to say that the first time I've heard Jonas Kaufmann live was this season so I've been a big fan of his yeah. recordings for a long time yeah. but listening to his recordings versus listening to him live so I went to see him in Fanchula and he was he was sick the day that I went but he performed anyway yeah um, but he is I expected his voice to be so much quote-unquote bigger. bigger yeah and it, it, it's not a huge voice no. but it's resonant and then when he goes up it cuts through everything yes and not just that but when he sings soft it still cuts it through. still cuts yeah. through yeah and that's and it, that's really the magic, I think. He, he draws us in yeah. like I don't know. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't have. To, he doesn't come at it with the mentality of, well, I'm gonna I'm going to wow you with my voice. No. He just uses what it is. Yep. And that's. And he's in the character, and he's he's doing a role. He's not like trying to impress. Yeah. 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 It's not about that. Let's fill the space. No. Or yeah. I'm gonna show you what I've got. I yeah. Mean, that, then you end up dealing with manufactured sound and. Yeah that screws with your, your technique and that's just no do you yeah but the best version yeah <laughs> the best version and then you get hired based on that that's yeah, not you exactly know. yeah we all know that if we try and play the game and try and be something that we think people want it never that, works out no that doesn't work unfortunately no, no. yeah not to mention then you, you if you play to your strengths then you're playing to something that's consistent yeah. And it's always there. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. Problem is knowing your strengths. <laughs> Believing yeah. in them and like, yeah. And being your own friend. Yes. Yes, very much. Because, I mean, d- during like learning, learning, the learning process is basically that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You've got to listen to yourself. You've got to fix that. This is not good. La, 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 la. So every, there's like an endless list. And they used to tell us, I remember in my school, uh, you know, Miss Rice, she'd be like, you know, write down what you need to fix, but it's very important, write down what your qualities are. And yes. she, used to, she used to say this all the time. And I tried, and I couldn't do it. I had a long list of things I needed to fix. Yeah. I still do. My qualities, I'm not so confident in. Yeah. And like, uh, you have to like, you know, beer helps. <laughs> beer definitely helps. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of good at like, you know. <laughs> I think that uh, part of that is the, um, honestly, is the conservatory setting in America. Yeah. Uh, we tend to, I like that she said, that she went out of her way to say, 
make the list of what you need to fix, but also the stuff that you yeah. really like. Because there aren't a whole lot of people that think that way. No. Um, I think that's very much in the minority, especially in academia in the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we get super worried about being perfect. Yeah. Um, Which being, doesn't but, exist, by the way. Right. But being a professional involves working your strengths. Yeah. You fix the other stuff on the side. That's yeah, not yeah. that's not for the audience to deal with. That's not for the house to deal with. You fix your stuff over here. But if you're getting a gig, it's based on the strengths that you presently have. Yeah. They're not booking you saying that, yeah, you know, I think it's six months she's going to progress. Yeah. Or, you know, it's I'm going to be I'm amazing. Gonna, I'm going to hire this tenor because I think by next year he's probably going to have those high C's. Yeah. No, they're booking you based on what you sound like right now. Exactly. So yeah. if you're getting gigs, then it's clearly a good thing, then look at those strengths that got you those gigs. Yeah. Or if you're not getting gigs, at least the stuff that got you the auditions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're like, oh, well, yeah. Clearly my resume is strong enough and they like what they heard in this. I got an audition. That's, like, that's a big compliment unto itself. Yeah. And then be like, okay, why did I get that audition? These are the things that I can play up. These are the yeah. good things. And then... But, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's, you just forget. You just forget. It's like life comes in and you're just like this crippling self-doubt is an actual thing. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you kind of learn it. it. It's a. Yes. It's not kind of learn it. You do learn it. It's life teaches you to be doubtful, to be, uh, not to sound so incredibly brutal and, and <laughs> pessimistic, but <laughs> but let's be real. <laughs> well, we, I've discussed the stat before on the show, and I discuss it in person. The opera industry, if you don't network and you don't have connections or you don't have management is a 97 plus percent rejection rate. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Which, and yeah. So for every hundred auditions you do, you're going to get three ish gigs, <laughs> but you know, those stats line up. Like we're seeing that in action yeah. now. Yeah. So a lot of my friends that are having their bigger breaks have been in the industry for 10 to 15 years and they're now in their upper thirties and now they're, they're seeing those results of just the sheer statistics. Yeah. Like I've been around long enough. I'm getting the gigs. Yeah. But I'm almost 40. Yeah. And I was told I was going to get these gigs at 28. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Especially you're a soprano. You're like, you're you're out of date if you're like 23. Are you kidding me? Like, you know. And oh and if you, if you believe that, you know, you, you just stop. But the thing is, when you're 23, you're, you're, I mean, it's great if you have a career at that point but but i don't know i just i just feel like me myself at, i mean i started singing at 22 yeah and and so um yeah i was uh, i was not ready i'm a late bloomer uh, and you know if there was a everybody thinks they have this everybody says well you have to do this first and then you gotta do this and then it, and that's just there's no formula thank you yeah thank you you just have to do what your life is bringing you and you have to go on your own time and path and I really like hearing that from a singer that's actually booking <laughs> substantial gigs well because it's easy for me to say that right because I'm not singing on stages oh yeah right now okay. I mean I, I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm seeing it in a bunch of other people's lives mm -hmm. and you know I pull my information from real life and friends and acquaintances and what I'm seeing in the professional world and it's very easy for me to say that so like when I taught my class this summer at the Young Artist Program that I was at, we had a day where somebody was like, well, basically, it was, we were doing a Q&A, and somebody said, 
Well, you know, if we, we go through undergrad and then we do YAPs and we do grad programs and then the better YAPs, then we get our gigs, right? It's like, <laughs> that's what we're told. Yeah. But I can tell you right off the bat that the formula that we were all taught, yeah. especially in undergrad, is bullshit. It does. Uh, there is no formula. There is no, no formula. No, no. Uh, you know what I was told? Don't get married. Don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm really good at listening. I yeah. actually, I'm actually really obedient. But, but this is funny. I was told not to become a musician, <laughs> not to get married, not have kids. I've done all of the above. <laughs> so basically, if you want to be a professional singer, defy everything that everyone yes. tells you and do the opposite. No, but seriously, um, that that thing about don't get married, don't don't have kids. This is before the Me Too movement which actually happened what was it, last year. Yeah. Uh, but the world is changing as we are changing. And, and you just have to do, I mean, when I heard, I remember being in school and, and you know, some of my friends were like, oh, I would definitely give up having children for my career. And I would be like, no, never. I will never, I, w I want kids. Yeah. I want a happy, full life and I want to, enjoy myself and I'll sing in the shower if that's all I get, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just, you have to, and as I had the kids, I'm so glad that I listened to myself because I have something to sing about now. I know, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it rich in, it, uh, enriches your life. Uh, not just about the beautiful happiness. I mean, yeah. In able to know what happiness is, you have to know what sacrifices as well. Yeah. Like it, it comes together. The more you sacrifice, the more happier you will be. It's 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 like the voice register. Like if you if you take care of the middle range, you'll grow in both both directions. And it's the same thing in or I don't know which which am I talking about? It's the same <laughs> in life or it's the same in register. Anyway, um, so yeah, it, like life can be hard, but life is. Uh, Oh, I feel like the beer is talking now, but still, <laughs> but still, I mean, this is, this is, this is, um, this is real life. You have to like brush, brush their teeth every night and it can be, it can be tiresome and, and it can be like difficult. Sometimes you are really exhausted and yeah. sometimes you had a rotten day. You still have to brush those teeth and, and uh, read the story. And it's such a beautiful thing. And doing that, you have it just it fulfills your life and you get that smile in the morning and that unbelievable hug and you know the fart joke and <laughs> it's just such a beautiful thing and yeah that's how old are your kids now three and eight three and eight mm -hmm. that's right so i met the three-year-old but i didn't meet the eight-year-old yeah, yeah yeah how do you i mean so obviously he came over here while mm -hmm. you were singing mm -hmm. how do you balance that traveling for work while being a, a mom. Wow, that's actually really tough. I I I'm li I limit my. I mean, I'm I'm picky about what I actually take on. Yeah. Um, I have been primarily at the Met actually uh, for the past few years, because you know, it's it's good for my career. It's an excellent learning environment. You know, I I learn so much from being there. I work with the best conductors and coaches and. And it's just an excellent, excellent place to work at. Yeah. And um, 
uh, I, you know, sometimes I can take the, the boys with me and sometimes not. I mean, in 2016 was the first year that I had to leave them at home. And that was really tough because that was the year that my older one started school, like real school, not just preschool. Uh, but school, school. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been unfair to take the little one with me and leave the other one at home. So right. I had to leave them both. However, he was still breastfeeding. <laughs> So like he got his last breastfeeding at the airport. <laughs> and then it was like, bye. And then was officially weaned after that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was time. He was like one and a half years old. So, you know, it was, it was okay. It was time, but still. So he got no more boob and, <laughs> and he went to, he started preschool himself like uh, in, in the week after. So it was a tough life for him. And I was devastated. I started getting these heart palpitations and, you know, imagining all these just horrifying, really like waking up at night, like, you know, so worried. They were fine. (laughs) They were completely fine. He was loving preschool, meeting all these kids. And it actually may have been the perfect distraction. Yeah. For him. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was it was it was great. They just they were enjoying themselves. And and my older one starting school, he was he was like, you know, he was getting all these friends and the friends were coming over. And whenever they come over, by the way, we have PlayStation party and I make popcorn and put some grapes on the table. And it's like party time and we play hide and seek. It's, nice. ro- it's rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> how momming is done right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so but then I go away and and, you know, and I it's 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 the most it's hardest for me. And then I come home and I can just be home. And that's. Most of your stuff is what four to six weeks. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. And that, that that when you're doing a gig anywhere, I mean, usually that that six week mark seems to be yeah kind exactly. of where it's yeah. at. Yeah, six six weeks is like the most. Yeah. Like and and um, actually, uh, well, yeah, for like rehearsal, actually, this is this is a nine week thing, Marni. Because of the rehearsal. Yeah. Setup. Yeah. And. Um, they they always come visit me whenever I'm doing a gig. They always come over, you know, like uh, fall break or spring break or something. They come over or, yeah. or like Christmas. Christmas and summer is the best time because yeah. then they can come for a long time. But yeah. Do they travel a lot? They do. Yeah. Uh, they've they've come to everything basically that I've done. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope to continue that doing that and. Uh, my my older one, uh, he's he's like, he, he wants to go to China, so we'll see. Any specific <laughs> reason for that, or just that's no? That's what's on his list? Yeah, I I'm like, well, why don't we go to Thailand and we you know we ride elephants? And he's like, I want to go to China. Huh? Okay, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, the final destination will be New Zealand. That's where we're yes, meeting, right? That's where we're meeting. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Well, yeah. I have to be at the at the beginning of the trip too because I have to see Iceland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we'll just go corner of the globe to corner of the yeah, globe. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the plan. We'll make that work yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> this epic trip that's going to be like seven yeah. weeks long. Yeah. <laughs> and all expenditure. Oh, no yeah. money will be made at all. <laughs> <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where since we're talking about travel uh where what's on your list of places you really really want to go that you haven't been new zealand yeah um my cousin lives there i have to go um and thailand i do want to go to thailand Mm -hmm. um i will probably not 
taste bugs. Yeah, they're fine. But, you know, <laughs> depending on how much beer I drink. Bugs we'll taste kind of nutty. You've, you've tasted? Yeah, it's yeah? fine. I've eaten some weird stuff. See, the taste doesn't bother me. It's, it's the legs. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. It's the legs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the it's the it's the psychological part of getting over it. Exactly, and it's and that's actually quite freaky because I eat sheep's heads, you know. Yeah, I'm Icelandic. I eat that fermented shark. Yeah, exactly. You know that said though, Thailand does a lot of the fermented fish sauce. Yeah. So that's yeah. you know, right yeah. up your alley. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yeah. So maybe I'll get over myself and. I I got woman up. I got some of the papaya salad, here in New York one time from a good a good Thai place okay. which has the fermented fish sauce dressing okay, on it okay and uh, pa- papaya salad it sounds so innocent I know right yeah and, and I opened the I opened it up uh, in the kitchen yeah and immediately as soon as I opened it up my girlfriend goes what the hell was that <laughs> It's like it's Thai food. She's like, that smells so bad. I was like, but it tastes amazing. You have to at least sample it. She's like, no. And I was like, taste a little bit. She's like, all right, fine. She tasted. She's like, nope. This is this is a hard pass for me. See, at least in Iceland we're honest. We're like, this is shark. <laughs> we're not like papaya. <laughs> this is, here's what you're really eating. Yeah. Right yeah. now. Fermented fish. Yeah. Random fruit and, and you know what we, chili peppers. You know, what, you know how we describe how it is. I mean, it's not the truth, but you know how we say it is. No. We bury it in sand. We take we, we fish a shark, yeah. and then we bury it in the sand, and then we pee on the sand <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and that's how it's done. <laughs> and all the tourists look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we and we can just be like, no, we're just Vikings, we're man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just, so you eat when you're yeah. hardcore. <laughs> is it is it noon? Where's my brennivin <laughs> vodka? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, every every culture's got to have weird food. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because you go to different places and they their concept of weird is yeah totally different. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've eaten all kinds of. It's always the proteins. It's the live things. Yeah. That are yeah that are what people. Look at it, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I've eaten some strange stuff. <laughs> Let's see. All right. So we're back with round two of beer. Yeah. Let's come back in here. Um, you're drinking the same. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't stay away. Um, and I'm drinking the Fifth Hammer Feather well, Shark. I, I almost actually got, got that one because it's... It's a double IPA, really citrusy. It's so... Yeah. And it's so... It's refreshing. It's yeah, so it is. It's so refreshing. Super cloudy. It's mm-hmm. got... I mean, there's so much citrus on the nose. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice dank double IPA. Mm. I always enjoy the, uh, the similarities that people will draw when it comes to IPAs with marijuana. They're like, yeah, it's, it's real dank, and it's just, you know. I've never, I'm one of those, I'm one of those, I don't know. Prudes that's never actually tried marijuana, and and I I'm not interested. Nobody's but, gonna hold you again, hold, uh, yeah, hold yeah, that yeah, against yeah. you. But like I did I did walk past a person today, 
because everybody's smoking it here. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I, New York and I'm starting. I'm starting to actually recognize the smell. It's because it's a. Uh, it's in New York City. It's no longer. Uh, it's just a ticketable, ticketable offense. Oh, so right, yeah, yeah. If they catch you smoking it, like they just write, they just come over and they write you a ticket. That's it. It. They don't arrest you for it anymore. But so I. So they, they no longer care. I did smell like. Oh yeah. The, the person in front of me. I was like, okay, I need to get past this person. But I was like, wait a minute. This is this is quite citrusy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you tasting notes on your joint. Yes. No, it's totally it's uh it's blown up in New York over the last uh, couple of years. I don't think that we're that far from it being legal in no, New York. I see, think it's we're real close to it being legal in New York. I'm actually I don't have a trouble. I don't have problem with like marijuana smokers whatever. You do what you want to do, but I I do dread the consequences of it because people don't know the adequacy. How do you say adequacy? Adequacy. Like like the etiquette. Oh, the etiquette. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, smoking a cigarette is freaking annoying right. for somebody who doesn't smoke. Right. Uh, marijuana is the same. Yeah. And, and I don't think people realize that. And, I, and I like, totally agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that's one of those things where certain states, like it's funny because there are more people who will smoke weed in public here than in Colorado where it's legal. Yeah. So because in Colorado you can't, you can't smoke it in public. Like it's legal to have. Yeah. But you can't smoke it in public. Yeah, that's. And you can't smoke it while driving. And that's one of those reasons why I feel like if it was made legal and then regulated yeah. properly, then that would solve a lot of those problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm much more pro, pro marijuana than I am alcohol abuse. I, really what it comes down to is I don't care what you're doing so long as it doesn't affect your day-to-day -day life and yeah. interactions. Yeah, yeah. If it if it lessens if it lessens your life in any way, yeah, it's time to reevaluate some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I've been in the and they've been talking about like in general, like uh, like they do in you know uh, in uh, Christiania in in Denmark and in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. I think I think I think I'm saying the right thing in, uh, uh, that that it's completely legalized all the all drugs. Yeah. And they just make sure you get clean needles, yeah. you know, and whatever. Well, Not they show that the abuse level drops yeah, dramatically yeah. when you do that. And, and, you know, the cops don't have to focus on that. They can focus on, like, crime, Yeah. you know. And crime is affected. Uh, I mean, you know, people get into crime because they're hooked and yeah. they have to... Yeah. Well, you also have a lot of... You have a lot less drug-related related felonies when it's legal. Yeah. Because people aren't sneaking around doing yeah. shady stuff so that they can get their drugs yeah. or so that they can sell those drugs. I mean, it, it's it's a hard... I mean, I, I'm really glad and I think everybody in the world is glad that I'm not a politician uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I wouldn't want to make that decision. But I definitely can see that it's, a, it's worthwhile to like try it. But it might make everything just completely a chaos so yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't <laughs> want to be responsible you know it's funny i have had people bring weed into the studio before like doing videos okay because people i mean you know how it is being a singer you're not in front of camera very often yeah and uh so every once in a while i have somebody that brings in their particular vice into the studio so they can get through their recording and i will say this well here's the thing if your <laughs> adrenaline is really really high and yeah. your metabolism is pumped up hyper because you're super tense about a performance it's like doing a couple of shots like it just takes the edge off and you hit normalcy but why not then do a couple of shots 
Totally. Well, it depends on the voice, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people that can't, they can't drink liquor and then sing. Well, I can't really drink and sing. I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I, my husband is a bass, and I, there's a problem. Basses can get away with everything. <laughs> yes. And, you know, he's sick, and he's just better. And he drinks, right. and he's just better. And I'm just like, well, we need to talk to somebody. No. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, but there is a, there's definitely a, um, how do you say, jealousy yeah. towards mm. his voice. Because I'm a soprano, and, you know, if I sneeze, it affects my voice. <laughs> my my husband, he was once singing in some... He, it was for some PlayStation game, actually. They, they went to Iceland to get this authentic... Because they were going to have this... Uh, there's some kind of a Viking game. I think it's really big, and I don't remember the name of it. And I don't play I, PlayStation, so I yeah, couldn't tell no, you. Yeah, me neither. So <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so they used this Icelandic choir. And the, and the guys needed to reach... I think it was an A below C, you know, like yeah. the deep C. So uh, what they did was take a couple of bourbon shots. Yeah, there you go. And they were like golden. Yeah. And I'm like... That's perfect. Yeah, so like you had a good time and then sang a really like impressive note. That's fine. I always <laughs> I always knew that I could... I was officially sick yeah. when those notes came out really strong. Yeah. If I could, if I could sustain and project those notes down there, I was yeah. like, all right, I need to go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I like if I was singing a big thing tomorrow, I would not be having a beer right now. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, and and on a regular basis, I I wouldn't do that. But uh, it's yeah. funny because I know singers that will uh, before doing a recording will intentionally drink. Yeah, you know, yeah, glass or two of champagne yeah. or a beer or yeah, and they get into it and they're totally fine. Some, yeah, some people do it right <laughs> before they go on stage. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and a bunch of the European houses still have bars in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you're not drinking 24-7? Yeah. <laughs> just come with the territory, put on the costume, drink a beer. Yeah, and some of them are even like, no, I'm not really drinking tonight. I'm just having this one beer before I go on stage, and that's it. Like, okay. that's then, drinking. And, and then this other beer <laughs> yeah. during After, intermission. I mean, yeah, and, and then, I, you know, and then, then maybe, I can, they, maybe I can get a drink after the, after the show. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, singer life is a very finicky life. And also totally depends on how you it feel. It gets so much in the way of my drinking, really. No. Unacceptable. <laughs> at least you're singing and your kids are important. So, yes, you know. Yes. The drinking can come third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is... What's the, what's the rep you would sing all the time? If you, had, like, if, if you could sing anything. If somebody came to you and said... Uh, we'll do an opera around you. What role do you want to sing? What would you choose? I would choose Lucia. I would choose Violetta. I would choose Lulu. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Mozart is excellent, but yeah, I, I, I like when you get to express more. I'm very expressive. <laughs> so, you know, the Mozart is very contained. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to love Mozart. I mean, it's funny because I, 
There are certain Mozart operas that I adore and certain Mozart operas I can't stand. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I love Mozart. I absolutely love Mozart. Yeah. But I don't like singing Mozart. Yeah. That's a different totally thing. Totally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, those are very different things. Yeah. Very, very different things. I absolutely love listening to him. I love I love what he does for me when I sing it because it, it's very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I, I just think every opera could be a little bit cut you know there's they just go on forever (coughs) and ever and ever and i understand that during the period in which they were being written and performed people were sitting out there drinking and it was like a jazz club and and you know they wanted more i mean don't make the music stop keep going keep going we're having another drink you know more champagne. You it know? was a whole evening event that didn't involve exactly. sitting in a seat and just staring at the stage. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it was a social event. And so, still a social event, of course. But but they just, sometimes they just seem like, oh, right, we have these two arias left. Ah, you know, and it just, <laughs> I still love Mozart and I'm really, I'm probably like, thank God this is not going like live somewhere like <laughs> online or... <laughs> Nobody will hear this. No, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I had a friend who went to see Nixon in China, and it was his first opera ever. He was like, this is not. Yeah. He's like, is this opera? And I was like, mm, this is a very specific realm of opera. Yeah. It's a very small niche within opera, but yeah. there are so many subgenres within opera. That's why I tend to take first-timers to Bohem. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, yeah. Crank it out. You got, you got about 90 to 100 minutes worth of opera. Yeah. It's manageable. It's I, a storyline you can sort of relate to. Yeah. The and, music and, is and, good. And, uh, you know, so, uh, very often it's melodies you have heard somewhere in a commercial or, yeah. you know, something like if you go to um, uh, Barbara Seville or something, yeah. like you, you recognize, oh, I know this tune, yeah. you know. I saw it in a pasta commercial. Or there are at least tunes that you can walk away humming afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's something that... but. You know, that's exactly like if you, you just, you know, popular music today, you hear a song once and it's a three minute repetition of three notes. Yeah. Da, 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 you know, or something like that. And, yeah. and it just becomes a major hit. And it's like, yeah, it. <laughs> It can drive you qua- crazy because it really sticks in your head. I mean, because I, I, I love, like, for, for example, Saturday Night Live. I love watching the show for the comedy. Yeah. And then they have this musical something guest that comes. And, some, you know, it's, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not some, something to my And sometimes it's liking. Kanye dressed up as a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, so uh, I don't always, I don't always, I don't always get it. It's you know, and that's just me. And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a lame opera singer, and I, get, you, I get that. What do you listen to when you're not doing oh, opera? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> I love this question because, like, I, I know some people that only listen to opera, oh, which I don't understand. I rarely listen to opera, actually. I and that's that's one of those things that I I find I find myself going to the opera more. Yeah. But listening to the opera at home less mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm the same. I, well, I, I do sometimes like, I, I like to watch opera like, you know, YouTube is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can watch a whole opera and I, I love to do that. But 
most of the time if I'm relaxing or if I'm going for, you know, I, I, I have this incredible kind of mountain. It's not really a mountain, but it's like a mountainish thing that I like to walk. That's my aerobics at home. And um, so I walk that and I have this playlist and it's like horrible pop music. Yeah. And exactly. I, I, and I just love it. And it just lifts my spirits. And yeah, it's bad pop music. I worked in EDM clubs for a while doing promo video mm. and worked with some pretty big DJs that have worked around the world. And stuff, that, stuff that if you listen to EDM, like they're, they're high up on festival lists and played a, you know, 20,000 people here. They just did Red Rock, whatever. And then they played some of these smaller clubs. Yeah. And I would shoot promo video for the smaller clubs and work with some of the DJs. And I always say that I love that atmosphere because it's a very positive atmosphere. Yeah. Like people are there to have fun, not think a whole lot, and just kind of check out from the world for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And it's and it's enjoyable. Oh, it and, feels so good. And I like that. Like that's yeah. music should, should music should be able to take you somewhere. And if it's an escape from anything at all. Yeah then that music is doing its job, no matter what the genre is. I love Earth, Wind & Fire. I love uh, Cool & The Gang. I love Michael Jackson. I love uh, Wham. <laughs> Wham, you know Wham, right? Has, has Iceland left the 80s? Has the <laughs> I have not left the 80s. <laughs> 80s, I, 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. No, and then there, there's... Um, Certain songs of uh, Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars. Oh my God, I love Bruno Mars. We won't, get, in, we won't get in too much into Bruno Mars. No, but I, I, I love it. You know, Uptown Funk. That's yeah, that's I the mean, jam. That's the jam in my house. That's the jam in your yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I have videos on my phone. I need to show you. Like my one and a half year old, barely walking, but he's like Uptown he's Funk. Grooving. Gonna give to you like. <laughs> That and and the uh, um, oh, what's the uh, Justin Timberlake song from Trolls? Oh, that, from Trolls, which yeah. I didn't see. Oh, it's it's the song. Wait, wait, give me a second. Uh, Can't stop the feeling. Oh, oh, that is from Trolls, isn't it? Yeah. That's that is completely that sums up our life at home. <laughs> that's that's our song. That's a good vibe to have at home. Oh yeah, with the with the orange color. <laughs> so your house is a nonstop party. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yep, it is. So you're going to put it on a stop for tourists when they yeah <laughs> when yeah, they, yeah. When they come to Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Come visit us here. We'll I, dance around the living room for yeah, a little while. Yeah, th that's exactly. And I I'm I'm expecting you guys to come over because you know that's what we do. We we uh, we constantly, you know, there's always. American guests coming over, and and we cook them lamb, and um, dancing the living room, and uh, just have fun. That sounds yeah. like a great time. Yeah, I'm, I can get behind that. Yeah, no problem. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was my my musical preferences change so dramatically day to day. Like it just I just swing. Yeah, I mean I'll listen to anything from you know I, I get stuck on some recent hip-hop for a little while and then you know a new folk album that one of my friends put out yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know like i listen mostly to jazz though when i'm in the kitchen yeah jazz is like oh you know anything like uh miles davis or i like jazz when i commute on the subway 
Oh, yeah. My commuting yeah, yeah, playlists yeah. are mostly jazz and big band. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love big band stuff. Uh, did I tell you I performed with my sisters? No. We are doing a concert uh, on 15th of December. We, we don't often perform together, but sometimes we do. And we all play, play trumpet and we sing in like a very sort of tight chord. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's sister, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, and you, and you all play trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did your dad force this upon you, or did you <laughs> yes. all decide that? No, it's, no, no. This was just a. This is like a basic thing. Once you get two front tre- teeth, you get the mouthpiece. There you go. Isn't that build the embouchure from the I beginning? Mean, isn't yeah. that isn't that a thing? <laughs> I mean, I grew up playing piano, so it makes sense. Yeah. I didn't start quite that young, but. Mm soon yeah my son has been like mom can i can i try can i try i want to learn and i've been like no 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 show me your front teeth first (laughs) and then we'll start and he's got the front teeth now and so we're gonna start when i come home i'm gonna start (laughs) started with the trumpet yeah that's awesome (laughs) so what's uh what's on the what's on the bill for this concert that you're doing well all kinds of things have you heard of the papini sisters no. They're not actually sisters, but they call themselves the Popini sisters. And they have some amazing, amazing, um, uh, how do you say, um, uh, like uh, settings, vocal settings for songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arrangements. Arrangements, thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I do a lot of our arrangements for us sisters, mm-hmm. but we... F- we found the Papini sisters and some, some of them, we just like, I, well, we listen to it and I, I teach it to my sisters and, and we do the same thing, you know, nice. cause, it, cause it's, I mean, you have to, you have to hear it like I heart of that. glass, Blondie, the, uh, it's, I mean, I, I feel like I, we need to take a break and I need to play it for you cause it's amazing. Yeah. Dig it up. Yeah. yeah. We love singing it, and um, we do some kind of, you know, very tight arrangement arrangements like that. And yeah. Yeah, and just just uh, enjoy it. Do you do you go super retro with your look like they do? No, we uh, we put more emphasis on the humor in between. Nice. Uh, so yeah, w- one time we like. One time in, when I was like nine months pregnant with my first son, we were, we were have, having this con- concert and f- uh, fade out. We did a fade out, except fade means fat in Icelandic. So, <laughs> so fat out. I started like backing off from the stage slowly while we were singing. 
and we started minimizing the volume and then we explained afterwards so this was a fade out <laughs> see it's a well-rounded show yes isabel <laughs> very much so and then uh we we uh, prided ourselves for, for being so incredibly you know we we do everything together and um and we're so very very talented that uh we did the the uh harmonica you call it harmonica in an american right ha- uh, accordion accordion sorry yeah. ha- uh, harmonica is the icelandic sorry <laughs> i got confused uh yeah accordion so one of us would play the actual piano and two of them would be like you know <laughs> pushing it in and out and <laughs> where, where are you holding the concert the, what's the venue? no what's the venue for like in iceland oh it's it's called salarin kopavor and uh yeah so that yeah that's where we're doing that's it and awesome. we we have an amazing pianist with us called Jon Olofsson uh he's 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 phenomenal he's got an excellent sense of humor uh and uh also uh, a, a comp- uh he plays the con- uh, comp- bass. double yeah, bass yeah. double bass uh he actually is a singer as well from um a, a, a band called Moses Hightower uh might be okay. familiar but you know you can look it up on yeah yeah it's a it's a really cool band Icelandic band he sounds like a good addition to the trio yeah yeah, yeah. you need those people that kind of can rein you in but also play along yeah <laughs> oh by the way we take arrangements also from um, have you heard of Axel Boys Quartet yeah 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 I love them awesome yeah that's that's like our go-to place we we, we did a Christmas song from their their version of the Roxat song uh it must have been love, but it's over now. Yeah. It must have been. Well, we did a Christmas song out of that. Nice. Saying like, you know, and my sister made a, a, created a text. At the time, she was the only mother. Uh, and so she was like, you know, forget about all the, uh, you know, the cleaning and the uh, paying the bills and buying everything like just be with the family and it's a very humorous text about the mother having to put it all together and then we, <laughs> we actually made a video which i we can't i can't find it online anymore i would love to show you I was it's say, really do you have funny. recordings of any of your stuff no well yeah we made a cd yeah i i do actually um where is it w- we made we a cd it, it, it was a long ago it was in 2004 or should be on Spotify. Uh. Nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, digital media changing the world. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So you're you're heading home after um, Marnie on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You've got some time off. Yep. What's your next booked gig? Well, I'm doing this C D. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, well I have a I have a few gigs in Iceland before Christmas, which is like a you know, just local things. Then I'm like doing standard holiday yeah. concert kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and then I'm d- then I'm doing the C D and then I'm coming back here. To uh, cover Servilia in uh, Clemenza di Tito. Oh, wonderful. And then I go to Italy, Spoleto Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Excellent. That's that's it for this year, at least. <laughs> yeah. Quote, unquote, that's yeah. it for this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. And hanging out and chatting. And thank you. Spending a rainy Tuesday. Yeah, it's been fun. Chatting opera over beer. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the last time. Well, we didn't actually chat a lot about opera, did we? We talked some. Yeah. Some about so, opera. Yeah, we touched on it. <laughs> we touched on the subject. <laughs> hey, life can't be entirely opera no, exactly. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or perhaps life is opera, and that's <laughs> what we were discussing. Yes. <laughs> Perfectly put. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go with that. Thank you. And say that's legitimate. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Here. Thank you. you Cheers. Scout. What's the word? Scout. Yeah, I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> For more information about today's guest, visit our website at operabizpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our show with new episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can find me directly on Instagram at thebeardandlens. And the podcast Instagram is at Opera Biz. Thanks for listening to the Opera Biz podcast.